So our purchase price was $51,500. The rehab ended up being $45,000, and we sold at $169,000. This video is brought to you by Flipster, the nation's largest property database, including houses on the MLS and off-market leads, like pre-foreclosures and vacant homes. To find your next wholesale or fix and flip deal, start your free trial today at joinflipster.com. Okay, so my wife and I started originally, we're in Michigan, from roughly the same area you're from. Yeah. And started out by living in a house. It was kind of run down. We got a pretty good price on it. And my wife was like, you know, we should flip this house. And I was like, well, no way. Like, I don't have time for that. I'm in, I'm in commercial construction anyways, uh, commercial roofing specifically. And so she told me to do it. We should do it. I said, no. And I came home from work one day and she had gutted the bathroom and I was like, okay, well, I guess we're doing this now. The bathroom's gutted. So we start having kids, you know, we're three kids in, we're a couple living flips in, and some of them we were living in were just gut jobs, like uninhabitable. And then so we did really good on one and we made like a 40,000, somewhere between 40 and $70,000 in profit on it. And we moved to our next house and my wife found your videos then. And she found one of your videos where you explain the live and flip as the equivalent of working for minimum wage and that you'd be better off just going to get a part-time minimum wage job. And I was like, no, that's not true. And I did the math and I was like, I worked every day. <laughs> years to make $40,000. I he's he's right. I could have just gone to work minimum wage. So then we started trying to find ways to make this work more like a business rather than a side hustle and we're not quite at that point yet. This summer we're about to roll into that. So after that we went and did our first flip with hard money that was right when covid hit. So we got a really good deal on a house. It was flooded. They were asking like 80,000 or something. It was a full gut flooded. Where was that at? That was in Tulsa, Oklahoma. There's a big flood in the Arkansas River. Um, The river, the dam got plugged up or something, and Tulsa flooded really bad, and so I got a really good deal on it. They wanted $80,000 for that deal, and we came in and offered fifty. dollars So Yeah, they counted like three grand down after that, and then we were like, okay, they came down, so we might as well just counter again. And we said $51,500. And then they just accepted our offer like in 15 minutes, and we were like, oh, okay well, I guess we're going to do this now. And this is going to be our first flip, you know, that we've done without doing it ourselves. So yeah. So our purchase price was 51.5. The rehab ended up being 45,000 and we sold at 169. Yeah. Very so good. Was- yeah. That's a winner. It's been about a year. You came out and we spent some time together at fast track for about a, about a year ago. And are you now, are you now doing this full time? Are you still part-time in it? What's that look like? I have one more flip to go where I'm closing on a sale tomorrow. I'm moving those funds straight to another flip that I own cash. As soon yeah. as I saw that's going to be a really big profit on that one. So uh-huh. one flip to quit and go full time. So awesome, Mark. Good for you. Let's talk about now and get into more of the details of the, of a specific deal. And you put in the, um, in the fast track Facebook page, this deal you structured and I loved it because you did a bunch of really cool things to put this deal together. So let's talk about what you did to really motivate the listing agent to go to bat for you. So tell us what you did there. So this property, it it is in need of a rehab, but you could move into it and live in it totally fine. The issue is there's some rotted siding and some wood rot and stuff like that. So they posted it for sale at a 
it was almost at flip numbers as it was, but they kept coming and getting FHA buyers. And it's in one of these sleeping markets, like you were coming and they kept telling FHA buyers, you're not going to be able to close on it. Go look at it anyways, but you're not going to be able to close on it. So multiple times they've gone under contract with people that thought they could close on it. And every time the funding fell through. And the reason why you guys got to think about FHA. So when you're in an FHA, when you're in a market that's below the FHA loan limits, probably, probably, you know, 90% of the buyers that are going to come are going to be FHA buyers. FHA has some strict criteria on the condition of the home if they're going to lend on it. And the reason why FHA is so popular is because it's a three and a half percent down payment to get an FHA and your, and the credit requirements are lower. So they're easier loans to get into for buyers and, but they have a loan limit. So there's a cap and I don't know what it is in Tulsa, but it's like 275 or whatever it is, you know, and then, but those buyers fall through if the house is not in, in well enough condition. So that's what you're saying happened. They were, they were trying to get a retail buyer these FHA buyers would come, they would do the mortgage inspection and it would fail. And those buyers would not be able to buy that house. Yeah. And it's, it's really ridiculous how the FHA inspections work. Cause like I said, you could just move into the, ho- the house. It's fine. Yeah. Some of the appliances are already stainless steel. Like you'd have to paint the cabinets, you know, if I was going to do more of a rehab on my glazed tiles, really light stuff like that. But there's like four pieces of rotted siding and some rotted fascia. And so no FHA buyers can buy it. So they're marketing it as a cash only. Yeah, isn't that interesting? So once it once it went to cash as a cash only type of deal, now you were able to come in and get a bigger discount to to get the deal, right? Yeah, they they didn't want to take it at the price that I needed at to close on it, go through actual funding and do the actual flip, which is fine because I have a few of those out right now, and I'm I'm tired of having to take a deal like that. If I don't have to get hard money and close on it. Like I, I don't want to, I'm doing a couple of assignments right now in some of these satellite markets. And so this one, they're listed at like a hundred thousand and I offered 89 to close on it and take it down as a flip. And they said no. And they countered 95. And I was like, well, let me do the buy price for creative finance. I remember at one point in time, you said your buy price on a creative finance is more like 85% than 70. Yeah. I did. It and I was like, whoa, this is like 75% if I take it at that and it's creative finance, and then I don't have to pull out this big loan and debt. So I approached it with them and she was like, you know what? I think they see the seller would be really interested in that because her husband just died. She's got tenants in it. He was doing a bunch of work to it. But so that's why a lot of the interior has already been remodeled. And it's just this issue where he died and she needs, she needs to start making money off of it. And they, she doesn't have any money to finish the repairs. So that, that kind of motivated them too. Once I came in, I was like, Hey, we'll make you a down payment of this much. I'll pay the agent. Your, I told the agent I'd pay your commissions too. So she wouldn't feel like she's being cut out of a deal that got pulled off the market. And yeah. Aside on an owner finance. So I was like, how do I find a way to work this out where the agent doesn't feel like she's getting cut out of a deal? And I said, you know, we'll pay your commissions cash at closing. Actually, we're not even closing on it. It's going to work out more like an innovation where we make a down payment to the seller and we cover commissions. We're not actually going to close on it until we go to sell. Okay. So that is a novation. That is more of a novation. Yeah. And, yeah. and they're fine with it because they're not living in it. It's a rental. They just want to be done with it. They want the ease of no longer having to manage it or take care of it or worry about it. Right. Right. So if you think about it, what do we offer sellers? We offer them peace of mind. So you're offering peace of mind by taking over the problem. And then they're being super flexible with how you want to structure it. 
on your case, you had to pay the agent commission. So I never offer creative financing on market without really making that agent feel comfortable that they're going to get paid. So you have to build in enough money to get that agent's commissions paid, probably closing fees. And then I try to get a little cash in the seller's pocket, something. So they walk out of there with something, right? And depending on the deal, maybe that's more, maybe that's less, but you want to try to get them something at closing. So on market, you've got to factor in a couple of those things. It's You're never going to pull off a zero down on market deal because how's the agent get paid? The agent won't even present that deal. So, you know, that's what you did. You, you offered to cover those commissions. What did you, on that one, what did you offer to put down on it? Uh, five grand to the seller, plus they're, they're about halfway under market rent to the tenant that's in there right now. So I offered them, we will continue that rent payment, which is 650 bucks, which is almost nothing. I paid double that if it was a hard money loan. Yeah. So I'm going to pay five grand down to the seller, those six fifty a month payments, and then five grand to the agent, a flat rate of five grand. Okay. So it's essentially double dipping because it's a 95 buy. So they're right around getting like the full double dip, right? Almost 6%. Yeah, it's a little over 5%. Yeah. But think about that. You're buying at 95. You're putting, you're basically coming with cash of 10, right? Um, maybe some closing fees too. No, we're not closing on it. Oh, that's right. You're not closing on it. So there's no real closing fees. So think about this, guys. He's got a he's got a price at 95. Seller's getting five, agents getting paid for putting the deal together. You're gonna then now control this property with 10 grand in cash out. Um, the rehab on this is about 20, right? Yeah, actually, since I made the post, the agent came to me. It was also part of the deal because I know the agent I bought flips from her before. She is the biggest agent in this market. She has 120 rentals in this little town, and she also manages multiple more for other people. Mm -hmm. So I offered her before. So I said, Debbie, you know, I'll make you a deal. If we do this, you can go and list it when it's done too. Yeah. So she's gonna she's gonna get a triple on it. And on top of that, she came to me and said, you know, what? I really don't think you need to do this big of a rehab because it's moving ready. It's done. She said, why don't you go? do this stuff to make it FHA livable and give me a week. I'll put it on the market. I'll get, I bet I get you a buy. So now the deal is going to be, I'm, we're going to, we're going to take possession on it. We already have the contract signed. I just got a couple checks. So we're going to make the 10 grand to her in the seller. And then we're going to come in and do five grand to do a little bit of wood repair and then paint it. And she said, put it on the market. She thinks she'll be able to get a buyer within a week on it. So what then I'm not even going to uh, she said 140, but we'll probably list at 150. Okay. So the ROI that is bananas. Yeah, and not a lot of and not a lot of cash out on the deal. So guys, the way the way this novation works is if if uh, if Mark were to buy it and take title, the problem with that there's multiple problems, but the big problem with that is when he turns around to flip it, FHA has a 90 day seasoning rule. And it's not 90 days from when Mark bought it to when Mark sells it. It's 90 days from when Mark bought it to when Mark contracts with an FHA buyer. And FHA takes like 45 days to close usually. So it's not just the 90 days. It's another 45 days until you actually close. So instead, what Mark's doing is a novation means Mark never takes title. The seller and Mark have a price of 95 and then Mark's going to go market it to find a new buyer for, let's say, 140, 150. 
And then the transaction is going to go straight from seller to new FHA buyer. At that closing, seller's going to get their 95. Uh, well, less the five they've already got, right? Uh, yeah. So they'll get 90 roughly. And then and then Mark will get the difference between that price and what it sells for. And when he subtracts out his cost for, you know, paying the commission when he bought it and, and the rehab and closing fees, new commission to the new agent or the on the resale, you know, you should be netting somewhere around 35 or, you know, depending on what you sell it for. Uh, but it's going to be a great little quick flip where you flip the thing. Hopefully you can, you know, from end to end, I don't know, 45 days, maybe no, maybe not. Cause it'll take you 45 days to close plus a week or two to rehab it. So you're talking probably a 60 day flip, maybe hopefully. Yeah. The date on market averages, this is from contract to close averages 30 to 45 days in this yeah. market. Everyone listening. Why would the seller agree to do this whole creative thing, carry it, wait to get paid, take 5,000 now, get the rest later. The reason why is because Mark really wanted to buy this for cheaper, but he said to them, look, here's my cash number, which was what, 70,000 or whatever it was. It was like 85 and they're okay, asking. Yeah. So here's my cash number. I'll pay more if you'll work with me and wait a little bit to get paid. You're not waiting that long, but wait, wait a month or two to get paid the rest of it. And I can get you 95. So the way, the best way to put creative deals together for me anyway, is I dangle my cash number. And then I say, here's my cash number. This gets you cashed out. You're done. You're off title. You get all your money, but I got to get a discount because I'm coming in with cash. Or if you'll work with me for a little bit, I'll give you a little bit now, five now, and I'll give you 95 total. But to get the other 90, I just need you to work with me for me to do these other things. And then I'll get you the night, the rest of it in a month or two or whatever your terms are. So a seller who's not desperate for the cash now wants more later, but will and willing to work with you a little bit are the best type of creative deals to put together. So Mark, uh, share with everybody what, what's been your biggest takeaway so far? Like if you're talking to somebody and they're working on their first deal or they're first getting started, what do you think has been the biggest thing you've learned over this past year doing, doing 10, 11 deals? Um, probably perseverance, um, proof of concept. You hear, it, you hear it spoken all the time, proof of concept. You have to prove the concept. And it's one thing to hear it. And I, I always would just write it off until I was finally just like, no, nope, you know, let's just do it. I'm going to do this many offers a day and I'm going to get a deal. And then I just followed it and I got one and I was like, okay. And I kept doing it. And it's, it's at the point, it's like when I was at the fast track, you spoke about the dip and it's like dip happens. And now my momentum is starting to build up and it's getting a lot more exciting. It's less stressful. I'm starting to lock up more deals. I've got assignments and and under contract title and stuff like that. And so, yeah, yeah. I would just say the perseverance and you have to know it's not going to be instantly. You're going to go and be doing all these deals. Some people do, you know, sometimes you get very lucky, but once you get through the eye of the needle, the world is open up to you on the other end. So that's that's mostly what I've learned through the process. Love, love that advice. Great advice with that perseverance. And, you know, uh, when you talk about that proof of concept, what it does is it just, a lot, it just gives you so much confidence when you go through the process and you come out the other end. Even if you don't make very much money, you see the process work and then the, the light bulb goes off and now you have that confidence 
And what happens is, is internally you say, well, you know, I did it. What would it look like if I did it again and again? And, and what would it look like if I did it, you know, a couple of times a month and five times a month, what would it look like? And you start really believing now that it's possible to build a six and even seven figure business and income doing this. And so it's exciting to kind of go from that, like dabbling, or you have all this fear and doubt to just be per persevere, put in the work, just do the steps, get that proof of concept, and then focus on those processes and systems and start to navigate more towards a business where you've got a model now and consistency with how things happen. And next thing you know, you're, you're off to the races and you're really building an amazing business. And so that's, that's really cool. Love that advice. Well, guys, uh, leave a comment and say, Mark, you're a flipping genius. Congrats on your success, Mark. Love. Keep sharing too um, the things you're doing. I love hearing from you about the deals you're putting together, and it's very inspiring. So, so continue to share that. People get a lot of uh, inspiration seeing someone. You know, it's one thing when I say, "Oh yeah, I did this deal," but when you say it, it's a different story because you know you were you were in everybody else's shoes not very many months ago, right? Where you're brand new and you're trying to get that first deal. And here a year later, you've got, you know, 10, 11 deals under your belt. And, and it's going to, what's going to happen now, Mark, is you're going to continue to build on that momentum, right? That's that dip. You get through that dip and, and it's like, it's like trying to push that boulder up the hill. But as you continue to do that, you're going to round the corner and then you're going to see deals come faster and easier and bigger. And that's where it gets really exciting. So continue in that progress.